You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. You guys, I'm so excited about my new sponsor because these people are very near and dear to my heart. They've been one of my main clients, if not my main client, for like over the past 10 years. I'm talking, of course, about Twisties and they're sponsoring my podcast now and I'm so thrilled. If you didn't know, Twisties is the ultimate site for lesbian and girl-girl scenes. It explores your deepest and sexiest fantasies. I've been producing for Twisties for years, like I said, and honestly, I can say it's some of the work I have been the most proud of and the most excited to share with the world. Twisties has been creating the hottest glamour porn for over 18 years with the top names in the industry, now exclusively streaming girl-girl content. Their scenes showcase the most recognizable models working with the best fresh faces, making waves in adult entertainment. Twisties Treat of the Months feature exclusive content and videos produced by me, highlighting the hottest girls of the moment, letting them show off what makes them so addicting. Treat of the Months have included Gina Valentina, Alina Lopez, Emily Willis, Desiree Dolce, Demi Sutra, and Twisty's current treat of the year, Molly Stewart. To unwrap the hottest treats and mouthwatering scenes, visit twisties.com or you can find them on Twitter at twisties and on Instagram at twisties treats. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer, Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. I am so excited about today's guest because it is someone who I have had an enormous amount of requests for, and I am so proud to finally have been able to bring her to you. I am talking, of course, about the one and only superstar Kendra Lust. Kendra Lust is a perfect example of somebody who is so much more than just a porn star. Porn is really just one aspect of a multitude of businesses that she's actually involved in. She's quite the entrepreneur. And one of her new ventures is her very own podcast, The Beauty and the Beast. There's so much that we get into. So rather than me tell you guys about it, I'm going to let Kendra tell you all about it. So let's welcome Kendra Lust to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. I am absolutely thrilled to have somebody on the show today who I've been chasing down for, I feel like it's been a couple of years now. So I'm thrilled to bring you the one and only Kendra Lust. Hi. Hi there. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy that we finally did this. It's It's been a while. I mean, we kind of uh, had gone back and forth and 
I'm glad we made it work. So happy yeah. to be here. Well, I was always trying to get you to come into the studio when one could actually have podcasts in the studio and you don't live in California. So understandably, every time you came out, you were working on a job or something like that. So you didn't really have time to come in. So it's funny how quarantine has actually enabled me to get some people on who I couldn't get before because they were too busy. Aw. Because they would have locked you down. Right? That's okay. I mean, I think, you know, it's not easy. However, you know, for us all, it's it's a new norm. But at this point, you know, it is what it is. And it's our, it's our new norm and we just have to go with it. So how have you been handling uh, the quarantine? I know you uh, do a lot of work from home. I know you've always been very much like the entrepreneur businesswoman type. So have you found ways to take advantage of this like forced kind of pause on your life? You know, I am always busy. I'm always doing something. I don't sit still very well. So for me, it's, it's kind of forced me to stay home and, and not do as much traveling. You know, I was traveling probably seven to 10 days a month. And now a lot of work I can do from home, which is great. Uh, I'm investing in some real estate so that it, it's a seller's market, unfortunately. However, there are so many homes right now and, you know, they're, they're getting um, bought up fast, but there's just so many in the area that I want. So um, time is of the essence. I've been doing that. OnlyFans podcast, just, um, yeah, that's about it. So enjoying some uh, family time. So it's good. It's kind of almost um, an interesting blessing. At least it has been for me because same thing. It's obviously like I'm not really doing shooting anymore on set. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that forced pause in my life has has I think um, helped me? I don't know. Has that, has it like, how'd you kind of reevaluate how you work and how you do business? Cause I know that it has for me. Like I started to see where there was actually value where I put my time versus where there wasn't value where I put my time. And I think I got so caught up in the day to day that I never really like had the opportunity to be like, okay, wow, this is worth my time. And this is actually not really worth my time. Yeah. You know, I, I think for me, I don't ever feel like there's a, I think, and I think this is for a lot of people, there's never enough time in a day. You know, you're trying to squeeze so many different things and appointments and uh, now with the homeschooling thing. Um, wow. We need a whole forum and an episode for that. I'm going to get some of the ladies that live in my sub and some of my friends. We're going to have some wine and we're going to have some laughs because it's either that alcoholism. I don't know. It's, it's just... Wow. It is. It's nuts. Like I have a, I respected teachers before, but now I have a whole new respect for what they do, the amount of patience and how much they really, really impact our youth. So kudos to all the teachers out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine I'm, I have a child and this is going to come out. I think I said like December. So when this episode comes out, I will hopefully, hopefully have given birth to this child. (laughs) But at the moment, it's just yeah. inside me, and Aww. that's hard enough for me. I can't even imagine what it's like having, like, you know, a full-grown kid that you have to entertain, teach, feed, plus all the things that parents have to do, anyways. Right. So, but you know, it it in honest, in all honesty, it's been a good thing, and I I almost felt guilty because. I know a lot of parents are not able to work from home and a lot of people have lost their jobs or they have to homeschool their kids. And 
they can't work. So there's a lot of people struggling. So, you know, I try to think big picture and I'm grateful that I can do this and it's quality time. I mean, even if it sometimes like we want to choke each other, you know, I'd rather be here than be anywhere else in the world. So, so it's a good right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the fact that you can work from home and you've always had, you've always been like an entrepreneur, a businesswoman. I think everybody in the business knows you as somebody who comes in, you know, you shoot your scenes, but you've mo- it seems to me like you've mostly really been able to eke out a living on your own, on your own terms at home, doing your own projects. So tell me about like, what is kind of occupying your time right now that's keeping you busy yeah. since you're obviously, you're not feature dancing and you're not um, working yeah. on set. Yes. And, you know, I miss that. I really do because it's a way to connect with fans um, aside from, you know, some of the social media platforms that we use, but I don't know, it's live entertainment. And I think nothing beats seeing someone in the flesh. So I'm a little bummed about that, but you know, uh, it's okay. I think after the election, and that's all I'll say, this will probably all be over soon. So um, aside from that, obviously, a lot of the girls and I mean, even non-industry uh, people, cam girls, um, Bella Thorne. I mean, every Bella Thorne, you heard about that. Everybody is kind of jumping on the OnlyFans bandwagon. And I think it's a good thing. Um, uh, I mean, I don't ever, I feel like whatever people do to, you know, supplement their income or whatever they have to do. So if it works for them, it's working for me. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, I, I enjoy, you know, corresponding with fans and doing the custom videos and that's kind of fun. So it's kind of a, a naughty couple nights a week where I do actually sneak away to a local hotel. It's a really nice hotel. And, uh, you know, I have my mask, I have my gear and I just go in very discreetly and I go and do my work and then I come back home. Um, you know, now that school has started, I can do it at home, but you know, it's a different scenery. So, so that keeps me really busy. Um, Real estate, uh, again, just been kind of looking um, at new places, new uh, couple commercial buildings. Um, so, I mean, that's good. It's exciting, but it's a new area for me. So it's a lot of um, research and things I don't know. So it's a challenge, but, you know, I get bored easily. So so it's a, it's a good challenge. Um, podcast, that's fun. Uh, painful at times because, you know, I mean, it's like, what the hell are we doing? Are we, we went over on time or we really should have done this. And then to actually listen to yourself, it's completely different. I don't even like to watch my scene. So I, I have to force myself to listen. And- yeah. Cause you do need to listen to yourself to improve. I know exactly uh, what you mean. And I've been doing my podcast for about three years and I definitely still feel like there's so much more room for improvement. I hear myself and I hear all of the ums and the likes and it, it it's really irritating. And, uh, and it's funny because, you know, I have my YouTube channel and some of my most popular episodes are my early ones. So I get a lot of negative feedback on my interview skills. And I feel like I've been, I've taken that feedback and I've internalized it and I feel like I've gotten better, but it, it is still annoying to go back and read those comments. And I'm like, but I'm better now. Like stop <laughs> judging me on the way I was a year ago. So what do you find to be the most challenging thing about doing a podcast? I think it is the public speaking portion of it. It's, mm. I don't really think twice about performing, you know, I mm. don't know why, maybe because it's more natural to me. Mm-hmm. However, when I'm in, 
front of, even though it's, you know, my co-host, I just feel, I talk fast. I'm high energy. So I need to take a breath, slow it down. And, and I'm doing it now. That's just who I am. Um, again, um, see, and I think one of my people said, if she says this one more time, I'm like, oh, I really want to oh, yeah. ass. Like, really? Really? Cut me some slack, homie. But it's it's constructive and it comes from a you know an outside perspective and their fans and they have their most of their uh, comments are are positive. However, you know you have to take in consideration negative feedback and it happens. That's life. So yeah, yeah. As a as a creator, it's something that is inevitable, especially on YouTube where people just love to troll you. It's mm-hmm. so. I mean, honestly, of all the platforms that I'm on, I get the most amount of negative feedback from my YouTube channel for sure. I think it also works with the algorithm situation too, because the thing is, is that kind of unlike Twitter, Instagram, people generally go on your feed if they know you and they're fans of you and they follow you. But the way that YouTube works is that it pushes your videos out to people who don't know who you are. If you fall into some kind of algorithm where they think, oh, this person will enjoy this video. So I'll get a lot of people who will come on and be like, who the fuck is Holly Randall? And this girl's immoral. And, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. So so it leaves you more open to those kinds of criticisms. But it's also a, a great way people discover you so much more easily. And it's it's a great way to really get your name out there. So what gave you the idea to tell us a little bit more about the podcast? It's called Beauty and the Beast, right? It is. And tell us um, what it's about, what gave you the idea for it, what your co-host is like, what your episodes are about, all that stuff. Yes. So, oh, my co-host. Love him to death. He's great. I met him uh, a couple of years ago in Vegas. I was celebrating my birthday and we had mutual friends. Um, he is a UFC fighter. He had taken some time off due to a really, really tragic, it was probably one of the worst injuries uh, the, the surgeon said. He had seen of that type and it was pretty bad. So he didn't know if he was going to fight again. So he was doing some stuff for YouTube. He has this thing called beat my meat and, um, you know, he bets he's into sports. So, I mean, he's always, he, he trains at the gym. Like he has a group of, I don't know, like young college guys or whatever back in Kansas city. So he's always doing something, but I never knew that he was going to, you know, decide to fight again. So I thought he's really funny. We have good chemistry. And um, I knew I couldn't do it myself. I, I mean, I could, but no, I, I just don't. No, let's be real. I probably, I, I need somebody who's a little bit more humorous and, and witty. And, and that was him. So I, I asked him, I said, you know, I was thinking about doing a podcast. Have you ever thought about doing it? Or is that something that interests you? I think it would be really cool. And we do well together. And he said, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, sounds good to me. I, I think that'd be cool. You know, I don't have anything going on right now. At that time, he didn't have a fight. So we just started kind of going back and forth and and coming up with ideas and beauty and the beast. You know, some days he's the beauty and I'm the beast, depending, you know, on what kind of day I've had. However, he just, we well, he came up with the name and I was like, I like that. So it's kind of how we came up with the name. And it talks about, you know, just what we did over the past week, we talk a little bit about MMA, a little bit about sex. We feature like a hottie of the week on Instagram. Um, what else? We do this game called, uh, instead of, you know, how I have the fuck, Mary kill game. We do 
porno wedding fight. So you, who'd you want to make a porno with, you know, uh, who'd you, you would marry and then, um, fight. So, so yeah, so it's kind of fun and we're still learning our, our way and our time and, but it, it's okay. It's a process and it's another challenge and I need something else to do because I can't have sex on film right now. So yeah. yeah. Right. And it's, it's nice to use your, um, you know, your, your image and your popularity to expand into other areas. And podcasting is definitely something that's growing. So whenever people ask me, they're like, do you think I should get into podcasting? I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting how, um, you know, and obviously like, uh, do you guys release on the audio platforms as well as YouTube? Spotify, uh, Apple and Apple. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting how it's kind of like come back around to radio almost, you know, in this, these, these technological times where obviously video continues to improve. People are still very much drawn to just the audio format. Yeah. yeah I think so too. And I think, oh gosh, my WhatsApp, I'm getting a stranger calling. That's okay. I've had a FaceTime call from us. Who knows number. I can Eddie. only imagine. I get those sometimes. So you probably, I do. And you probably get them much worse than me. I think, yeah, I don't know. We're all, they're all calling. Everyone's calling, you know, I don't know how people, the girls, uh, how they deal with it, but um, uh, yeah. So getting back to what you're saying, I think too, it, it's just a lack of time. A lot of people just, they don't have a lot of time. So it's easy to kind of listen to a podcast while you're doing the dishes or even like an audio book. You know, mm-hmm. it's instead of sitting down to read, a lot of times I have a hard time just sitting still, period. So it's nice to just upload a book or listen to a podcast. So Yeah. yeah. So um, are you guys ever like going to do guests or are you just going to keep it like between the two of you? Have you, have you decided or are you still kind of filling it out? Oh, yeah. We have to have guests. It's like who wants to eat the same pizza, you know, every day? It just... For me, I, I feel it's going to get kind of, I don't want to say lame, but, you know, we're going to have things to talk about, but it's nice to highlight someone else or bring someone else on and, you know, spice it up. So absolutely. So, but you haven't done any guests yet, but. No, I, I said, I think we're ready, but then I get nervous that maybe we're not, but it's like, I feel like having a kid. Are you ever really ready? But maybe we should be a little bit more ready. So I, I you know, we're at our 10th podcast we should probably wait a little bit longer. You know, my guy disagrees. He said, just do it. And I was like, so yeah, sometime soon though, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely like a whole other beast, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I, for me, my podcast has taught me so much and I've learned so much about other people and different experiences. And it's just been a really like eye opening experience for me. So I feel really grateful but I feel like it's enriched my life, you know, Yeah. because how often do we really sit down and, and, and have like a straight up conversation with somebody for about an hour, you know, without the distractions of our phone yes. or this or that, and actually get to know somebody. It's, um, I feel like that's kind of a lost art. It is. Absolutely. It is. I, I tried telling myself, okay, I am going to set my phone down between these hours of the day, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. happen because people are on different time zones. And, and, you know, and then I get worried too. Oh gosh, if there's an emergency, my mom's in Florida and if I miss it. So it's, you know, it's a necessary evil, unfortunately. Yeah. Have you, um, uh, I haven't watched that documentary that everyone keeps talking about the social dilemma. Mm. And I know that it's, it's basic. I don't, 
I think a lot of it has to do with um, how we get fed misinformation from various social media platforms. I'm not sure. I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen it, Okay, but I do know that there have been studies that have shown, you know, that like the phone is kind of addicting and like, there's little, like it encourages like those little drips of dopamine when you're checking, you know, your social media, so many likes you got on something, comments you got on something. And I think it's so hard for people like you and me because we basically make our living off of those platforms, right? Like that's how we advertise our products and that's how we get people to sign up for our platforms. So, you know, I'm almost jealous of those people who, you know, my, my, my brother and my um, sister-in-law are very like anti-social media and they're they're on it, but they hardly ever check it. I see. They hardly ever go on. Mm -hmm. And I'm always, part of me is kind of jealous, you know, that they, they don't need to do that. Like they can live their lives outside of that bubble. Whereas I can't, if anything, I don't post on social media enough. Yes. You know, I know I'm guilty as charged and it's, I, it, yeah, it is. It's a struggle. Absolutely. And you know, I forgot my phone. I had an appointment and I thought, you know what? It's fine with it. I was actually okay with it. A little nervous. However, um, my husband, knew where I was going. So not a big deal. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, we have to, we don't, we don't really have a choice, but it is nice just to go back to the times when cell phones weren't and social media wasn't so important. I'll have to watch that though. I'm, I'm actually interested in seeing, I I guess, learning what they, the studies found, uh, based on that, because I do believe social media can be so negative for some of these uh, young teens and it has such a negative impact on them and it, it, it's not healthy, you know, uh, for them. So, so I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. I think that, that you and I are so fortunate to have grown up in a time when cell phones didn't exist. I really feel like our generation is kind of like so lucky for that. And it's, it's funny because I'm actually cleaning out a bunch of stuff in my office today. And there was this huge, so obviously I think most people know I'm a photographer. I've been shooting pictures constantly ever since I was, I got my first camera, my first film camera at 12. Um, but I've been shooting pictures like constantly ever since then, like all the time. So I have so many pictures of all my friends from elementary school, high school through college, like, just an insane amount of photos all on film. Aww. So I was going through all of the pictures today and just finding all of these like hilarious photos of me, like stupid photos of me when I was a dumb kid, like smoking bong loads and, you know, just being like a dumb teenager and like, you know, but it's all like none of it's online because yeah, it exists back then. I have all the pictures in the next room, but it's like, it's my, it's on film. It's mine. Like I can control yes, it. Yes. And I just feel so, so grateful for that. And, um, even, you know, my husband and I were kind of talking about, you know, our, our daughter and I, um, I, I, I already like got her Instagram handle, like her full, her full name just so that she could have it. But he was just like, I don't think that you should use it. I don't think you should post anything on it because yeah, you know, we need to give her the option to decide what, how visible she wants to be online. Because now once you're online and your information gets out there, 
it's like you are, you're in the system and it's just, it's just, you have no privacy. Yeah. And he's a private investigator. So he kind of knows all about that. Yes. I kind of agree with your husband. Yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, I, I'm very, we have very different views on Instagram with our little one. Mm. And I just, I wanted it on private and he says, I monitor it every day and, and he does. However, I just don't like it. I don't like her being exposed with all of the predators out there. I just, I don't, I need to protect her and that, you know, and, and he does. And I mean, I know how to handle myself. However, you don't know every situation, you know, you can't forecast the future. And I just feel, I, I don't, I just don't want to expose her to that. It's just too soon, too soon. Yeah. And also too, like her ability to access information that she's not ready for. Yes. Ready to understand that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I don't, I don't know. Part of me like selfishly hopes that by the time my daughter is old enough to like go online, that somehow we would have figured out how to like handle kids online appropriately, or there'll be like safeguards in place. Like the world will have figured it out by then because right now, I mean, with you, with your kid, you're going through that whole, like people are trying to navigate that now. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all going to come out in the wash, Holly. You know, it is. And and so funny because like some of my neighbors, funny story. Let me just tell you about this one. I I don't know if I'm going bird walking too much off the, the, the plan, but I moved in and apparently this sub, it's a small sub and the, the real estate agent, you know, apparently knew who I was, never told me that for the, he's selling the new houses. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm really trying to go under the radar, like look real, just, you know, plain Jane. Anyway, well, he told the entire sub. So before I even moved into the house, they all knew. So, you know, I have people coming up selling Girl Scout cookies. Of course, I'm going to buy Girl Scout cookies. I mean, we all are neighbors. Delicious. And yeah, right. They're delicious. Exactly. (laughs) The thin mints or the little, oh my God. So yeah, come to find out, you know, um, but that's okay. But, you know, in all honesty, I think people had a stereotype of what somebody in the adult industry does or, or looks like or how they behave. And I think... Um, when they got to actually know me, uh, then they didn't have to give me a chance. I really didn't care, but I was hoping that we could all get along. You know, it doesn't always happen. They were just like, wow, you know, so I, I like that. Um, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's nice to, to blend and, and get along. I totally lost my point in my story now. Oh, being exposed. So it, it's kind of a good thing because, you know, uh, our little one sees that other people are accepting that I'm just normal, whatever normal is, but mm-hmm. we're not having wild orgies at our house every night. Okay. It's not a free for all, you know, fuck fast. We're not doing all kinds of crazy things that people think, you know, we see that those types of things for, you know, vacations and getaways and, you know, yeah. we don't do that here. So but yeah, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny the the misconceptions that people have about uh, the adult industry and the people in it, mm-hmm. which is another reason why I want to do this podcast. And one of the, one of the better, you know, 
I know earlier I was talking about all the negative stuff that I get from people, mm-hmm. but I also get um, really positive feedback from people about like, wow, I didn't realize like porn stars could be so cool and so normal and so smart and so together and just like you and me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, they, they're just, we're all just normal people. Our jobs are a little different, but yes. for the most part, like, you know, they're wonderful people. Yeah, I like that. So, so I'm glad. I'm glad that they're giving you positive feedback regarding that because you know we're like the black sheep and whatever yeah. it is, what it is. But yeah, but we know that going into this, we we open ourselves up to criticism, and if you don't have thick skin, you're not going to be able to to handle it, or you know you won't succeed. So that is true. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about. Um, MMA, your uh, fitness life, because I know that's a big part of what you do, and uh, maybe how you got into the adult industry in the first place. So hang on, guys. We'll be right back. I'm excited to introduce to you my newest sponsor, Sakara. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Most of you know that I recently had a baby, and I have no time to cook. But since I'm breastfeeding, the food that I'm eating now is more important than ever. This is why I love Saqqara. They provide delicious plant-based meals that give me the nutritional value I need. And having meals delivered means that food prep is one less thing I need to worry about. Their menu of ready-to-eat, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly, so you will never get bored. And it's delivered fresh anywhere in the United States. Along with the meal delivery programs, they also have cult favorite wellness products like their best-selling metabolism super powder and nutrient-rich supplements, including a prenatal vitamin. And for a limited time, Sakara is granting you early access to their only sale of the year with 25% off site-wide with code Holly Black Friday. That's 25% off your entire order when you go to sakara.com and enter code Holly Black Friday at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com and use code Holly Black Friday. Support for Holly Randall Unfiltered comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Jingle balls to the walls, fella. Listen up. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Untribbed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 features their lawnmower electric trimmer and includes the crop preserver and their crop reviver. These products keep your balls from sweating, smelling, or sticking. They will make your balls smell good. The manly scent is attractive and will help set the holiday mood. The Perfect Package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxers that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get your favorite guy the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOLLY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, but only if you use the code HOLLY. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. All right, so we're back. Um, Now, one of the things that is synonymous with the name Kendra Lust is fitness. You are so, you're in incredible shape. You're always posting pictures of yourself at the gym. Have you always really been into fitness and, and what drives you in that way? 
Well, thank you. First of all, I I've always really been active as far as like an athlete, you know, not obviously on a professional level, but I've always just been an active kid. I've played sports for as long as I can remember. And what, what were some of your like main sports that yes. you played? I loved basketball. So mm. I played, I remember going to school. This was elementary. And my dad, after I got done with my first grade homework, not that much back then, you know, I, he would set up chairs and then he'd make me dribble every day, you know, in and out of chairs, in and out of chairs. Now, why is he making me do this? Like, this is torture. But I was very, hey, I'm a very good ball handler in and out of the bedroom because <laughs> of that. So, so. So let's just say I can juggle some balls and, uh, you know, I can uh, penetrate that, uh, uh, that defense. So, so yeah. Um, so, uh, basketball, I played softball and, you know, I was pretty good at most sports. I was just naturally pretty athletically inclined. And then in, I think it was like my freshman year in high school, I discovered the mezzanine upstairs and it was a place where you could lift weights. So, um, I just started lifting weights and trying, you know, messing around in there. I was an older girl who kind of taught me some things and just been working out ever since I'm to the point now, uh, you know, it's a struggle, especially during this pandemic. I do it just because if I don't do it, I don't even feel right. I just get bitchy. And my husband's like, okay, you really need to do something because, uh, you know, you're crabbing at me and I didn't do anything to go work out. You'll feel better. And I do, you know, sometimes just getting out. Yeah, it was like the same thing for me. So I was always doing sports when I was a kid, mostly horseback riding, because that was, you know, Mm -hmm. what my mom was so crazy about. Uh So I did a lot of that. Uh, That was my most, the the most consuming sport that I did, Mm -hmm. which was great. But it also too, like my husband and I were talking about it because he's like, has always played sports. Hockey's his main thing. He plays hockey all the time, sometimes twice a day. Yesterday he played two hockey games. Um, so he's like fanatical about hockey and, uh, and we were just talking about how important it is, I think, to raise kids with sports Yes, because the exercise is really important, but also too, like the, the, the teamwork is really important Mm -hmm. and learning how to communicate with other people and socialize and work as a team. And that's something that I didn't really get with horseback riding because horseback riding is a very like isolating sport, kind of like ice skating in a way. Yes. So I feel like he was able to, you know, create and forge like friendships and teammanship with people in a way that like I missed out on kind of. So I kind of want, you know, my kid to do more team sports. But um, yeah, I just think it's, I think it's important. And, you know, I've never like loved exercise to be honest. I still don't love it. Like I don't enjoy I, I won't lie like when I'm working out I'm always like oh when is this over yes. but you feel so much better afterwards and so I uh was married before very unhappy and I actually started boxing mm-hmm. and that kind of changed my life because wow. that became an exercise that I enjoyed and that got me into shape and it got me into a place where I just realized how essential working out was to my life and to my mental health, like you said, absolutely. you know, just like felt so much. And then it got to a point where now, you know, I work out not just obviously to stay healthy and physically fit, but really mentally, because especially as you get older and you have more stress on you and you build a career and you have all these expectations. Um, 
that that stress relief that exercise brings you is life changing. And I have to tell you, now that I'm almost nine months pregnant, I threw my hip out like two and a half weeks ago. So now I can't work out anymore. And it is like, no, I'm depressed because I've been spinning this whole time. Oh, I got a, Pel- a Peloton, nice. which is the best. Yes. And I've been spinning this whole time and now I can't do it. And I find that like the, in- I can't even go on walks. Like the inability to exercise has really affected my mental health. Yeah. And I can completely relate to that. You know, I, a lot of people after injury or they're down, it's just, it's just hard. You kind of get into a slump and you just don't, your muscles are, it feels like, I know for lack of better terms, like they're sleeping, like they're not even awake. Like what, you know, what's going on. Mm -hmm. So have you tried, I'm curious, what about like, can you do yoga, like pregnancy yoga? I I am. I, okay. I have an instructor who I'm seeing, um, once a week for private yoga classes, and, you know, but it's just like, especially at this stage, it's, it's mostly Awkward, right? stretch. and it's mostly just stretching. And I'm just trying to remind myself that this is temporary. She will come. I will get back on it. And, you know, like just trying to be kind to myself, but yeah, just in terms of like mental health, I think exercise is so incredibly important. So, um, I think it's, it's great that you kind of really, uh, push that, that lifestyle. Cause I think it's such a great example for people, yes. you know? Thank you. I think you, and I, and I do think it is, it is a way to kind of empower young women or just, you know, I, more so women I can relate to because there'll be girls in the gym and, you know, when they're in their twenties and they're like, Oh, you know, and it's, it's a compliment to me. Cause I mean, they wake up and it's like effortless and they look great. But I think at that stage in their life, they're still looking for something that they want, or they're not completely, they don't understand who they are, or they just, you know, they're figuring things out. So, you know, they reach out. Some of the girls will say, oh, what do you do for this? Or, you know, what do you do? And, and or like, oh, I really like your lips or whatever. And I, I'm not, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, in my forties, it's like, it's not easy. I can't wake up, but here I'll, I'll, you know, tell you, you know, if you like your lip, you want to get your lips done. I'll say, you know, I went to a doctor a couple of years ago and just got like one syringe or, you know, so it's like sharing these little t- like tidbits of, you know, information, like with these girls and just on ways to be healthy. And I don't know, just having these little small little talks. Like it was cute. I had a talk with a girl yesterday at the gym and she said something Oh, I she said something about, I want to, you know, build, it's always the butt these days, right? I want to build my, and I was like, you've got a really nice shape. You're proportionate, you know? Um, and ultimately you want to, you know, you should want to do this for yourself. I don't know if you have a boyfriend, but don't ever try to please or the person you're with, because ultimately you live with the person that you are and you have to be okay with you because at the end of the day, men like variety anyway, you can be their ideal woman and they're still going to look and and maybe desire someone else, not necessarily act upon it. But, you know, you don't, I guess my point is don't try to chase something for someone else, you know, just get to a place where you're okay with you. But I know that comes in time. Um, But it's just, it's a good place, I think for me, because I feel like I'm helping, you know? Yeah. I mean, you look, I mean, obviously you look incredible and, um, you're such a wonderful example to how, you know, you can be an older woman and still look better than most 20 year olds. And it's not, you know, it's not all about like 
you know, how old you are, which is something that I've only started to appreciate as I get older. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think that happens to all of us. But you also like, you know, and, and you said that you've had your lips done and stuff. So like, mm. I mean, like myself, I've had work done here and there, but it's like, yeah. you know, those little maintenance things to try to That's age fantastic. gracefully. So I feel like I see a lot of girls in our industry. And again, like, don't want to body shame people or no. anything like that, but no. I see people going way over the top. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of body dysmorphia is starting to get wrapped into that where girls think I'm not pretty enough. My lips aren't big enough. My boobs aren't big enough. My butt isn't big enough. And they're starting to do these things to themselves that I don't know, just I'm, I'm to me, they look weird. And I feel like to them, they're still not happy with how they look because they continue to do more and more. So how do you feel about that? Like, do you see girls in the industry and you think like, Oh my God, like, you know, how, how do you, how is your thought process when you see that? You know, I was, you know, one of those girls up until not too long ago in, and you know, it's not easy to admit that. However, I feel the industry, I'm not, I don't want to badmouth the industry because the industry doesn't make you feel a certain way. Nobody can make you feel a certain way unless you allow them to do so. Right. However, it can have an impact on what is, um, I guess what people are desiring or what's selling, what's, what the, what you think, um, society thinks an ideal image is because it's in your face, in your face, in your face. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's, I think it's difficult. And, you know, even for me, I thought, man, you know, I'm too thin. Oh, now I'm too, eh." you know, maybe I should, you know, do this or, you know, so it's just like these little things. And it's like, well, when is enough enough? When am I going to be okay with me? You know, I am worthy. I am, you know, beautiful, not only here. And I'm not saying that, uh, in a, um, a pretentious way or a cocky way. It's just, you know, I feel pretty. I feel good about who I am and I have more to offer this world than just aesthetics. And, um, you know, but it takes a, a while to get there. I just, um, I don't know. I just, sometimes I, I feel sad for some of the girls. Um, I really do because I think at the end of the day, they don't have an identity uh, outside of the industry and there's more to the industry than just, you know, your alter ego, you know, you have to kind of reflect and be okay with here, you know, and it's not easy, you know, it wasn't easy for me for a long time. So how do you, how do you think that you got to a place where you are happy with who you are inside and who you are on the outside? Do you think it just comes like that sort of thing just comes with getting older and and wisdom or were there specific things that happened in your life? You know, I think it was actually, having this time. So this was just recently, you know, and it's not like I would self deprecate, but I just thought, Oh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should, you know, and I think we're all always maybe questioning, trying to, you know, improve ourselves. But I, what, what helped me was, you know, I'm not really filming as much anymore. And I put it into perspective. I don't, I don't want to not look like my child, you know, and, and like, I try to enhance or like do subtle improvements to uh, be a better version of myself. However, I think it was just reflecting on what's really important for me and where I want to focus my money, my energy. And um, ultimately you kind of have to 
like work on your inside and, and, and internal happiness before any of that. I shouldn't say that, but I feel like if you're not happy here, you're going to constantly be chasing no matter how much you do to yourself because you're always trying to fill a void, you know, because you're mm-hmm. never really okay with you or, you know, yeah. you don't learn to love yourself. Right. So, um, it's, it's, it's always a work in progress. I think, um, it's just part of it. I think too, is just how we're, we're made our brain chemistry and our personality, you know, those things, but you know, the industry is not always, it, it's positive for me, or at least I felt it was like, as far as, you know, exploring my sexuality and putting it out there and, um, owning that. But sometimes, you know, it's, it's not always easy to, to be in the spotlight, you know, but yeah. I mean, I think you can say that just about the entertainment industry in general, you know, anything yeah. that's focusing on the way that you look and having to sell your image is obviously going to give you insecurities about that. Yeah. So that's, that's, I think, totally inevitable. Uh-huh. Um, so how do you, like, is there anything specific that you do that makes you feel like good about yourself um, that makes you, that helps you build your own self-esteem? Like maybe, I don't know, could you, do, would you have any advice for maybe girls that are coming into the industry or, or, or want to put themselves in that spotlight? Maybe some things that you wish you had done better earlier in your career or things that you think you figured out by now? You know, I think in all honesty, I don't, I, I didn't have this advice going in because I still was trying to figure out, um, I guess, who I wanted to be or what I wanted out of the industry. I think ultimately what I learned is, you know, there's always going to be, you know, a performer who's better or maybe more aesthetically pleasing or, you know, does things better than you. However, it's, I, I really feel at this point in my life, maybe it's because I have like zero competition left in me. Like I've just, whatever, toss in the towel, baby. Like it is what it is. Like, but you know, it's like, you're really only in competition with yourself. And if you focus on, Oh, this girl's doing this and you know, and it's like, it's not healthy, you know? And I feel it's important for us to empower each other, encourage each other And maybe not everyone, you know, you can walk into a room and, you know, there's all these beautiful women. However, you can learn something from them and you shouldn't really judge somebody just by the way they look or or maybe be guarded or not want to get to know them because of the way they look, because of your own insecurities. You know, you really have to, um, I don't accept people for who they are and just don't, don't be judgy, be kind because you really never know. I mean, what that, that person's going through, what they've been through, what uh, maybe a good friendship that you're missing out on. I mean, you just, you don't know. So just be kind. Don't be an asshole. That's it. Okay. Let me just sum it up. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> Wise words to live by for sure. <laughs> so I wish more people followed that. Um, so how did you actually end up getting into the adult industry? Okay. So when I first started in the industry, I thought like, I'm just going to do girl, girl. Well, you're coming in as a MILF doing girl, girl. It's just not going to fly. There's only so many things that you can do. So I first filmed with Brazzers and I had probably the, I got along with him fine, but he's, he was known for being one of the most difficult directors in the industry. So oh, wow, I was like, this guy's 
not very nice to staff. Like, you know, the camera guy, he was very condescending. Uh, it just, it was a very uncomfortable time on set. And I'm nervous as hell because right. it's my first time. I'm literally shaking. I have dialogue. That's even worse. However, uh, Eva Carrera was the girl I was working with. And she, I, I want to say she's from, she's from Europe uh, and she's tough. I mean, she was essentially, it was a hot and mean scene. So she was, you know, going to rough me up a little bit. And that was your first scene? It sure was. Wow. Yeah. They're not yeah. roughing you in easy. No, hot and mean. So once the camera started rolling, I mean, I just, I kind of got into, see, I really didn't know what to do. I mean, I had a little direction, but I was so nervous because the director was so abrasive. Um, for lack of better words. And I was just so nervous, like he was going to yell at me or something. And, and he didn't. We ended up talking about shoes. And I mean, he was really nice and we got along great. However, I felt like you just yeah. beat them up, you know, but whatever. Uh, so it went well, though. I mean, it was, you know, a girl, girl. She was kind of roughing me up on the bed and commanding me to do all these things. And I can be quite submissive. Uh, just depends on my who I'm in the, you know, the room with or who I'm in the scene with. So I was totally fine with taking commands from her. She definitely, she did play the, the role well. It was very natural. She'd been doing it for a while. And I had a lot of fun with it. I was just like, okay, what do I do now? Like, I, I don't know. So they, uh, after the scene, we kind of talked and we said, you know, you should probably get an agent or whatever. If it's something you want to do. And yeah, no, that was, I mean, I didn't give too much detail, but, but it was fun. I had fun with it. And yeah, so it felt like something that you wanted to do again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe not so much the hot and mean because I'm not really into pain. Um, it's just not my thing. I don't really even like to be slapped around too much. I think it's like a gentle, like a love, but I'm not into, you know, oh yeah, beat me up or like, I want to have marks. No, that's not, you know, for me, that's not passion. That's not sex. That's not, it's not fun. Like I'm not getting my ass beat. Like, no, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I don't think I did too many of those scenes. I mean, but it was fun. It was cool. It was something different. I felt comfortable. I'm fine being naked in front of people. I mean, I walk around my house naked and you know, whatever. And if people see me, they shouldn't be looking in my, you know, through my catwalk. Like, no, I'm just whatever. I, you know, I'm free. This is my house. And you know, yeah. So. What are your favorite kinds of scenes to do? Do you prefer to do more romantic scenes? Do you like scenes with dialogue? Do you prefer to not have a storyline? Like what's your ideal kind of scene that you like to shoot? Well, it's definitely not VR. I, <laughs> Jesus Lord. It's like, wait, here's, here's how you do the kiss. Okay, now, <laughs> tell you. here's how you're going to, you know, you have to pretend like you're kissing the person in the camera. So, I mean, you look like a complete idiot because you have these goggles and the poor guy, you can't see his face. All you see is like, you know, like this. And you're like, you know, you're kissing. You're like, you know, so you feel like an ass, right? So <laughs> the worst guy, you know? It's like, I feel bad for the guy because he has to sit there with a robot, like, you know, and keep it together. I'm like... Yeah, they can't even move. I, I mean, it's really tough for a guy to shoot VR. I had to feed a guy soup one time. Come here, Anyway, so I would have to say, I mean, I like Gonzo because a lot of times you just go in and there's not much dialogue, so we can be whoever we want to be and just go into sex. 
And mm-hmm. I like both of them. Sometimes I do like the storyline. They're funny. You know, they kind of set the mood and people can picture themselves being, you know, the pizza boy delivering a pizza. And I drag him in and, you know, take advantage of him. It's the tip. Actually, he gives me the tip. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's fun. Um, so, but features are fun, but they're just long and grueling. And I don't know, my acting, I feel could be better. So it's not like my favorite. So, yeah, probably Gonzo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Just kind mm-hmm. of gets you right into the action, yeah. what everybody came there to see. Right. Right. But sometimes the buildup too, you know, even when I watch it, I'm like, oh, this is hot. Like, you know, I like when, you know, he's talking to her and the, you know, the facial expression, a little bit of tension, but not too drawn out. Who are some of your favorite performers to work with? Hmm. You know, um, there's so many. And then I feel like I'm leaving people out. I know. It's a, no, it's, trust me, it's a difficult question. I hate gosh. it when people ask me the same thing because I'm like, I love yes. everybody. I, I really, I mean, well, I really don't. There's some guys that I could take or leave. Like I think, and I'm just like, <laughs> seriously, don't open your mouth. Like I'm just going to grudge. Um, <laughs> but I really like, oh gosh, there's just so many amazing performers. And there's so many people like I haven't even had a chance to work with. Um, but some of my favorites that come to mind, uh, definitely Abigail Mack. I love her. She's so sweet, sexual. Yeah. She's fun. Um, I just, I don't know. I have fun when I'm on set with her. Um, oh my gosh. I mean, I love Riley Reed. She was one of my, uh, first, probably one of the first performers I worked with and uh, she's a lot of fun. She's bubbly, go with the flow. And I like that, you know, she likes what she's doing. And same with India Summer. I really love working with her. She's just so, she kind of has like this very, not a hippie, but just like this peace and love for all, but she'll like that. So she's, she's a lot of fun. And I haven't worked with her in a long time, so that would be nice to rekindle a little something. She has a very like, I know what you mean when you say hippie. She's a very serene kind of calming presence. Yeah. You know, like she could lead like a meditation group. It's like her voice is very soothing, but she's also really into sex and a great performer and very passionate. So it's an intoxicating Uh, mix. Yes. So, I mean, as far as some of the girls um, and then, you know, guys, I'm, I'm always seem to gravitate to the, you know, the veterans who just, you know, I mean, man, I always, they're doing, that's right. And they, I mean, I think it's just experience too, but there's Mm. some young, you know, some young guys that, um, pretty good. There was, um, Oh God, no, I can't think of his name. It's terrible. So terrible. I can't think of his name, but yeah, definitely meanwhile, uh, Kieran Lee is great to work with. Um, he always makes it fun and exciting and, you have a good time, you know, even when I'm messing up dialogue. Um, gosh, Johnny Castle, I love him. Now he's more like a, I think like a brother than, you know, so it's kind of awkward mm-hmm. or it would be, but there's just so many. Those are just a few. And I could sit here and I don't know, you could Name probably off. ask me to, yeah, I keep going on and on. And on so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kendra, for coming on. It was such a pleasure to have you and getting to know you. Thank you. Can you let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can uh, access your podcast? Yeah. So the podcast is called Beauty and the Beast podcast. It is available on Apple. It is on Spotify and uh, YouTube. 
And then oh, Instagram is Kendra Lust with the check mark. And uh, I only say that because people sometimes will get the one guy got catfished and I don't want people to, I don't ask for money. I don't, that's not me. So, so no. So uh, Instagram's Kendra Lust as well as Twitter uh, is Kendra Lust and uh, all in with KendraLust.com. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Fantastic. And you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. If you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall unfiltered. Thank you so much for joining us, Kendra. Thank, thank you, you so much for your time. Thank you. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my show and want to support it, I ask that you take the time to rate and review my podcast. Now, if you're not sure how to do that, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU and you'll automatically be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports, and then be led to the place where you can rate my show. Five stars, of course, and leave your glowing review. Okay, it doesn't have to be glowing, but you know, say something nice. You can also financially support this show through my Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, where you get so many perks for your support. Things such as early releases and live recordings of my interviews, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, autographed copies of my photography books, free access to my private Snapchat and not safe for work website, hollyrandall.com, and my bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life. Also, join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash hollyrandallunfiltered, and you can watch the video versions of these interviews at youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Oh, and of course, sign up for my newsletter at hollyrandallunfiltered.com and get all the info on upcoming guests and special projects. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting my podcast in whatever way that you can. First of all, I just want to thank all of my listeners for being so patient with me as I took this semi-hiatus from my podcast. You know, I've been releasing these episodes only every other week ever since about a few weeks before my daughter Violet was born. And let me tell you something, I have definitely needed this maternity leave. She is quite a handful and having a newborn takes up way more of my time than I ever imagined possible. But I do plan to be back to my regularly scheduled once a week podcasts come January. So I'm already starting to line up new interviews to do in December. But until then, my next episode will not be until December 2nd, two weeks from now. And that will be with Tristan Terramino, who is a sex educator and author. She's so well-respected in her field. She's somebody I really respect and look up to a lot. And she is somebody who is a part of our podcast collective, The Pleasure Podcasts. It is a fantastic episode. Do you know that she actually lectures on how to arrange gangbangs? It's, it's such a fun interview and also really, really educational. I think you guys are going to love it. So make sure that you come back two weeks, December 2nd for Tristan Terramino on Holly Randall Unfiltered.